I'm Chad Rutherman's. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket. Hey, I'm going to need to see some ID. Today, we're going to be talking about The Bouncer, uh, which was developed by Squaresoft and Dream Factory, was published by Squaresoft, was released in 2000 on the PlayStation 2. But first, if you give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, So, The Bouncer is a 3D brawler, and wow. (laughs) And it was also a launch title for the PS2. Yep. Uh, It's obviously, as a launch title, is one of Square's first games. Mm -hmm. I say one of, it is the first first game uh, that released on the PlayStation 2. Uh, And I have a suspicion that it is sort of a proof of concept or like a hardware test type game. Yeah, it feels like, honestly, I feel like this is something that companies should do now, maybe even more so. Um, Because it's like a way to, like, spend less money and, like, cut your teeth on developing for a new system. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just seems kind of smart. You end up with a goofy product, maybe. Um, (laughs) Maybe. But, uh, I I don't know. It feels like it's probably, like, a worthwhile endeavor to, like, make a smaller game to get some experience yeah uh it's it is that would be cool for people and i mean there's no there's not anything saying that companies don't occasionally do that Mm -hmm. but it isn't something i've never played anything that's quite as clear as this one (laughs) that that is what they were going for because there's so much like we played final fantasy 10 last year Mm -hmm. so like fairly recently Mm mm-hmm and it doesn't feel like it was that long ago no yeah it it wasn't it's it's not it's not too far back and i can totally see the overlap here even though the games could not be more different on every level yeah like some of the animations like titus's run yeah yeah all like the the animations the like cuts to and from uh pre-rendered cutscenes. Uh, the fucking weird R&B track that ends the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it feels like there's a lot of stuff they were doing to test the waters uh, in this in this game. And, man, it's a, it is a wild ride in a way that I was not expecting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was like, this was on the periphery of my knowledge of his existence. You know, mm-hmm. I was always just kind of skirting there, like an eye floater. Like if I ever looked directly at it, I would forget yeah. that it existed. Um... <laughs> now you say it. Go on. Um, yeah, it. For me, it actually ended up being not quite as weird as I would have expected, but I have a, a fucked up imagination, I guess. Um, I don't know. I just, I just seeing pictures of it and thinking like Square Enix with no budget and no one like peeking in on what they're doing. PS2 game. I don't know. It just, it. I just imagined it could get really, really, really weird. Sure. And it only gets really weird. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it is probably best. Uh, first of all, I guess spoiler warning. The, the I didn't want to say it earlier, and that thing was, man, I wish I could have forgotten about this game. But <laughs> one, I played it three hours ago, so it's impossible for me to have forgotten it already. Mm-hmm. And two, uh, I actually kind of really enjoyed my time with this. Yeah, uh, probably because it's really short. But we have to go into this. 
with this narrative because it is the craziest thing. I mean, it's not the craziest thing. It is not what I expected going in to a larger degree than how crazy I expected the craziest thing to have been. (laughs) There's a wider gulf there. That's fair. And so the part that is wild to begin with is that the game starts in space and shows you a satellite flying by. And they're talking about how they've built a a satellite that's going to take energy from the sun convert it into microwave radiation and fire that at a australia sized dish that's just jammed into the earth's crust and that's going to create energy this does not play a part at all in the story (laughs) oh it's a setup where the space laser comes from i guess that is true yeah (laughs) yeah it definitely has that like Roland Emmerich movie uh, feel that would have been going around in the 2000s. It 100% does. I was expecting in multiple parts of this game to early 2000s forced variety in the form mm. of like maybe in this level you'll fly the plane and there will be some janky plane controls or something. Mm-hmm. But... In reality, you do the same thing mechanically the whole game, but the story decides it's going to branch out, and suddenly people are robots that you didn't expect to be robots, and some a character who's never been introduced to you before shows up in a in a uh, file on a computer, and you're like, oh, and like there's like this teary moment when she's killed, where he's like, rest in peace, and I'm like, who? <laughs> And he doesn't even remember, because he sees her picture on the file, and then walks 30 feet to the left, sees her in person, and she's like, you don't remember me, do you? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Guess I don't. It's just, it just goes in a lot of directions that mm-hmm. confused me. Yeah, um, so part of that is because uh, the game is clearly meant to be played multiple times. Yeah. Um, but no, I had a note, too, about how, like, there are parts where you can just split off and be playing as one character for a long time. And that I feel like that really hurts a single playthrough. Um, Cause like, uh, what's his name? Lau. Yeah. Uh, I ended up, he ended up just getting like completely left behind. <laughs> uh, but then uh, just because like I had been rotating through them and he just got the short straw. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can happen. And it's kind of unfortunate if you care about that kind of stuff. Yeah. The way that it played out for me is I had a difficult time on a boss, mm-hmm. and then I said, okay, well, fuck the other characters. I'm just going to level one character consistently until the end of the game so that I don't get stuck on something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I I did that. Sion got every point of every single <laughs> point that I could muster. I uh, got pumped into him, and I really won the game when I unlocked the ground sweep move, mm. which is just nutso. And it's the only move you need <laughs> for the rest of the world. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I ended up sort of in a single uh, storyline track, even though the game definitely wants you in multiple. Yeah. Yeah, I ended up using Sion the most as well, but like um what's his name? Volt. Volt, yeah. That was like right behind him because like I ended up picking him where you first split off and I just played as him for a long time. Uh and he got leveled up a lot um as well. But yeah, Lao Lao God ended up being like uh 
severely underleveled than the other two. Yeah, it's a... I find it weird. Maybe this is me and mm-hmm. is like a anime racial bias that I was un- <laughs> unfamiliar with before. Uh, everyone who is in an anime, I always assume is a Japanese person. Mm. Because they don't... They tend to not draw people differently they all look sort of the same uh and in this game you play you can play as sion starts with a g is a german name oh yeah his last name yeah and then volt kruger which (laughs) is also a pretty german name potentially like austrian Uh, in that sort of area. And he kind of looks the part, because he's like a, I don't know, he kind of looks like the anime version of Arnold Schwarzenegger with horns. Sure. And then uh, Lau is the only guy who has just like kind of a normal Japanese name. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was really strange for me to look at that and be like, is there anything I should be applying to these characters (laughs) based on their names? Not really. Yeah. Yeah, because I watched anime as a kid, I always kind of saw anime characters as white people. Uh, yeah. Um, but I, I imagine if you approach it as an adult, that makes a lot more sense to assume that they're Japanese. Yeah, oh, the it's like the <laughs> the anime like hair aesthetic yeah, and stuff no, is just is, like that's like an association I have no, built. Yeah. It's definitely a good point, though. Um, it it is it can be kind of hard to tell if a character's like nationality is supposed to matter if there's some flavor of white. Right. Um, yeah, because they just they they all are kind of drawn the same. Yeah, it it is it's tough to tell. It's not hard to tell them <laughs> apart. That's for sure. Uh, but it is hard to tell if like their background means a lot. And I also want to note while we're kind of talking about the story, the background flashcards that they give you at in between oh, levels, yeah, like the little lore notes where they go away for me exactly before I can read the last line. Yep, every time. That, that's usually a thing for me because I read a little slow. Um, but yeah, no, and they ninety percent of them seem to be about Volt. That would make, yeah, I mean, he's a big dude. Yeah, he used to work for, like, the evil organization or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess he has the most backstory to be told. (laughs) Yeah, I only started noticing it when it was, like, it it was, because I remember there was, like, a a bit about Sion's master, Master Wong. Oh, right. Who shows up in this game for 13 (laughs) seconds. His his, uh, karate master. (laughs) Yeah. And apparently he and... Rose Roosevelt. What's his name? Rousedower. Ronnie the the bear. You're talking about the villain? Yeah. It's something with a D. (laughs) Um, It is a D. I think it 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 sounds a little bit like dragon. If you made dragon like some kind of like weird uh like I don't know what nationality of name. Yeah, you are right. It is a D name that has that kind of a sound. To yeah, it. but he also was an apprentice of Master. Wong. Right, it's a classic, uh, like a cowboy bebop kind of thing. Like we used to be comrades, and now we're rivals destined to kill each other. Right, and it's it's the most wild interconnection point. It felt like a soap opera to me, yeah. where uh- you show up, you don't know anything about this company as Sion. And it turns out that this girl, who you found on the street, <laughs> is the sister, it's a robot, is the sister <laughs> of the 
of the guy who runs it. Mm-hmm. And both you and that guy studied under the same karate master, which it, it just seems like, man, there should have been more of a connection between them. Yeah, you think he would have known that he had a sister that died. Yeah, but it's Volt, <laughs> the guy who is who you work with, I yeah. guess. He's a co-worker uh, with horns that nobody ever asks about. Uh, he's the one who has the in with them. But the guy who makes the call to get on the train is Lau, who I do not know what his connection to the company is. I, I don't remember either. It's, it, it's a, like a big waste of your Steve Blum uh, <laughs> uh, prolific uh, voice actor. Uh, he plays the least significant character, and he's the best voice talent in the game. <laughs> yep. It is a shame. <laughs> Oh, God, I feel like there's directions to go here. There are. <laughs> um, so, what did you think about the story? You like it? Uh, like, oh, okay. this is one thing to talk about. Like, I, one time we were talking about anime um, off the cast, and you compared it to a soap opera, as you just did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, like, the most spot-on comparison I've ever heard. Because <laughs> uh, it's not something I'd ever thought about. But, like, a lot of, like anime tropes do like revolve around that kind of melodrama in a way that like i'd never noticed before and um this game does have a very like simple like tropish anime plot um and in some classic square enix isms where it's like more complicated than it needs to be for the story (laughs) being told Mm -hmm. um but like it, it is kind of very enjoyable schlock yeah like it was very weird and as i said more complicated than it needed to be but it was like fun yeah this is we talked about this on resident evil 4 weirdly uh that that movie that game feels like a b movie um because it stars jerry seinfeld but this one really does bring that b movie sort of like jam to it because everything that happens it feels like they were being very sincere whereas resident evil 4 feels like it knows it's yeah it's like intentional camp yeah this one has that like yeah as you said that like more authentic b movie feel where they were they were trying yeah when he drops a laser beam on a hospital like and it's the exact same independence day shot yeah like we get it you saw independence day Uh. that's when i was like oh because they want you to to, for that to hit you know they want you to be like oh god we did this on the playstation 2 oh yeah put this in a a ps2 tech demo reel thing at fucking space world 2000 they still did that back then was did they do a space world am i just unaware of that was before e3 there was a thing called space world oh weird i feel like i've completely lost that part of my memory uh but yeah they want that to hit and to look and it does look incredible for the time i'm not gonna like yeah if i can take anything away from it but my reaction to it was like, you could have done anything <laughs> to close down this like shitty brick hospital before now, but you've chosen to just nuke it. <laughs> like just take escalating it to the high. You had to become your sister died. You underwent karate training. You became the head of a company and built a laser beam that can shoot from a satellite in space. 
so that you can just shut down this one hospital for a slight that they they did to you. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those things where it was just like this is like this whole sequence of events that like you can put the pieces together, but they none of them really connect, and it made it really funny for me. Yeah. I really enjoyed all of the story of this game. Uh, so do you want to talk more about mechanics now that we've covered the story? <laughs> Probably should, yeah. How, what yeah. Are, if I get 16 minutes, we <laughs> yeah. got it, yeah. yeah. So I, the first thing that stood out to me about the way it plays is that it feels so slow for the kind of game this is. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to, to the point where it made it super easy, I thought. I don't know if you had a similar experience. Yeah, I died twice. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I died on two levels. Right. Both to the same guy, weirdly. Uh, and one of them I died four times. And then after that, I only died the one time. So, mm-hmm. uh, I agree. I think it was, it ended up being kind of easy because it was slow and you could easily predict what people were doing. Yeah, like, I played this in two sittings and I did not die at all the first one. Like, I stopped right before there's a little bit of a spike um, and I had a little bit of a harder time because I was trying to switch between all the characters, but it, yeah, it was pretty smooth sailing. Um, there's the one level where you had to escort, what's her name? Like Daff, Delphine, <laughs> da- something with a D, uh, the, the girl. Yeah. It's the sister of the Dom- guy. Dominique. Dominique. I didn't look it up. Actually, yeah. I unlocked my phone, but you have to uh, escort her and, <laughs> There are all these robot enemies. It's probably the level with the most enemies in the game. And you can just stun lock the robots by just kicking them repeatedly. Yep. Uh, it's a very tedious but also very funny uh, trek through, uh, I don't know, the inner workings of the space station or wherever you are. Yeah. I very nearly just ran through that level because mm-hmm. I saw the big robot and was like, oh, fuck this, and, like, just went past him. But then, like, eventually I stopped and started punching a robot and was like, oh, he just can't do anything. Yeah, the only ones that are a problem are the little ones mm-hmm. that can just, like, keep knocking you over. And sometimes they, like, will stagger outside of your punch range and then they can get a hit in. The big, intimidating robots can do nothing of the sort. They just stand there and take it. TM, no clip, 2019, mm-hmm. or whenever that was. Uh, man, yes. I agree, the robots were really stupid, and then they started to put them into other fights as, like, ads, mm-hmm. and I was like, you didn't you didn't test this. <laughs> like, you didn't know. Like, I, I want to forgive them for it, but it is very stupid, because basically it's just a time buffer before you can do the actual fighting. Right. Also, when the robots die, they just stand yeah, still. They just, <laughs> just freeze. It's really, it feels like a bug, but I, I don't think that it is. Uh... On the combat, though, mm-hmm. I want to. I keep wanting to hedge this bit that I need to get into way later. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So not now. Uh, I found so I've played like a number of two D beat 'em ups, uh, things like your Double Dragons, your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games. I've played these games, and in these games, you go around, you hit people, you beat them up, knock them down, whatever. And at no point during those games are, do they ever make you run around. 
and go into rooms, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which was, I think, a mistake that this game made uh, because I didn't know where I was going, uh, which I guess is immersive because neither did my character. Uh, I really felt like I was there, lost in a facility. <laughs> uh, and the, it would it chose the weirdest times to do stuff. So you would like go in, there'd be a loading screen. You'd run around, go in a door, there's a loading screen. You would go three steps off camera and it would go to a cutscene. And you're like, why was any of that there? Like Dude, They're figuring it out. <laughs> That's why they made this. <laughs> I mean, that's they're like fair. on our next game, we're not going to chop the cutscene up into five pieces. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> yep. So when you die, you don't have to hit start, skip, start, yeah. skip over yeah. and over. We again. know we want to figure out how to how to not do that. <laughs> there's a there's a cutscene at some point. It's like it's right after you fight the weirdly persistent guy who looks like. Uh, Raiden from Metal Gear Solid 2, but in the dark timeline. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you beat him the first time, and there's a cutscene where Lau goes, like, let's go. And then it just, it, you do, you go. Mm-hmm. And it just, there's a cutscene for him to do that for no reason. And then it goes to another cutscene. Like, they really had to have, like, <laughs> been, like, slavishly attached to their script, where they're like, Lyle's got to say, let's go here, mm-hmm. and we got to make a cutscene for it. But then the next one is in a different environment, so we have to switch to a different cutscene for some reason. It's a weird, it's a weird game. Yeah. It's definitely sloppy. <laughs> we were talking about combat, though, huh? Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the fact that there are three playable characters? I probably won't have too much bad to say about the actual mechanics, weirdly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that there are three playable characters. Um, and it's in. I like how they're split up, in a way. Uh, because Sion should just be bad, based on his stats, at the beginning of the game. Uh, but he's really fast, in comparison to the other two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just isn't shown on the stat screen. And so once I kind of got a handle on that, like, okay... His defense stats are really high, but he moves real slow. His attack stats are high, but he he moves a little bit slow. He's like more Lau is like an all rounder, mm-hmm. and then Sion is a fast guy who his stats are bad, but you can pump him up. Right. Once I kind of got a handle on that, I was like, this is cool. Like I could see myself going through the game multiple times to to play with the different characters. Yeah. Like, to me, yeah, the speed is the only thing that really felt that different about playing each of them. Other than that, they felt mostly the same to mm-hmm. me. Um, so, yeah, like, I-, I like what it adds. Like, I feel like this would be the perfect sleepover game. Like, if you have, like, a friend come over, you can play through the whole thing in an hour and a half-ish and I, yeah, I know. and I feel like, yeah, you have the different characters, and it's, like, an excuse to go through it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I think it adds more narratively and or, like, experience-wise. But, yeah, I also do like that there's, like, um, that, that difference between, yeah, fast, slow, and in, in, in the all-round character as well. It's, it's just enough, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think that is true i think i think it's it's enough to get them separated but not enough to provide like long-term depth 
for yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah. For, for the length that it is. I think it works well enough. Yeah. Which is kind of a detriment to wanting to do multiple playthroughs. Because really, you'd be doing it just to like max stats out. Otherwise, yeah, and it's to the see same. all the other cutscenes mm-hmm. that you missed. But you would definitely not have. You would have to play through the game multiple times with all characters, and there are unlockable characters in the game. Yeah. Uh, in order to like actually ma- like get all the moves or whatever. Like this is a game that if you were a very dedicated person, could take up like probably 60 to 70 hours (laughs) to get through everything Mm -hmm. but if you aren't dedicated in any way uh, like me uh you play it one time and you go okay i can imagine that guy doing (laughs) Mm -hmm. that but i couldn't do it yeah i mean as uh we've talked about before like this is come came out in an era where that was more of a common thing like Mm -hmm. you would get a game and you would just play it the it milk it for all it was worth yeah it's weird because i remember doing it but cannot imagine doing it now oh yeah like i've never been that way really like my favorite games i would play over and over but like the average game i would get that wasn't the case for me right i'd always be trying to 100 percent stuff mm-hmm. i don't know why i, I, mean, I wasted people, so yeah. much time as a kid it just appeals to some people <laughs> i mean you had nothing but time as a kid so that is true uh Hey, why do all your attacks knock everybody down? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but it's very overpowered to just do like a sweep, like a low attack, yeah, and knock the uh, the boss down. It's weird because it, the way that this game is structured, like I felt like I wanted it to be snappier, like a fighting game. But once I like realized that I, it was not that kind of a game, it was a slow game. Mm-hmm. I was very annoyed by the fact that I couldn't, like, just hit a guy two times. Like, you have you hit a guy one time, and he falls over, and then you get a wave for him to get back up. Yeah, I think it's, like, the... Is it, like, the middle attacks maybe don't knock people over? Do, like, combos have, or Yeah, whatever? you have, like, the high attacks, which knock people over, and the low attacks do, too. Yeah. I think there was, like, a middle attack that didn't. I know the X button attack... Yeah. Knocked a guy over. Right, that's the low attack. Yeah. And triangle's high. The triangle attack, I swear, knocked people over. Yeah. But I could be wrong. And I, then I think maybe square is middle. Square pops them up in the oh, air. Oh, yeah, that's that move. Never which, mind, they all knock you. <laughs> and if you press her, you do the spin move, which knocks them over also. Yeah. It just seems like everything ends up with the person on the ground. And I'm wondering if... I do know a a thing that could have happened to have gone wrong mm-hmm. and that is the game uses pressure sensitive button controls which i don't know if the one that we the controller we have still works mm-hmm. so i don't know if we were able to do that so did i think the lighter attacks have that it did yeah uh, that was one of the the things about huh. the uh like in metal gear solid 2 if you held down the triangle button it would bring up the gun or whatever and then if you half released it you'd put the gun down right weird yeah it's really strange uh so i don't think that we actually were able so maybe (laughs) all the attacks didn't have to knock people down maybe we made the game harder than it needed to be oh you mean easier than it needed to be we made it easier than it (laughs) needed to be 
Uh, the rest of my thoughts are kind of stray and don't have like a theme. <laughs> the, one of my thoughts is I need to know how old Sion is, and so that's about the level. We're I think at. he's supposed to be eighteen. Okay. Well, if I can take him away, because because <laughs> <laughs> Dominique's fifteen, uh, it's and not that big of an age difference. Still illegal. That's uh, statutory. It, I'm pretty sure the age of consent is thirteen in Japan. Weird. Yeah, I think they have like the lowest in the world, like of like uh, like first world countries or non third world countries. Interesting. That don't have one, maybe. Probably. Um. Yeah. Well, that also means that he started kung fu training when he was five years old. <laughs> These are the details I extracted <laughs> from the game. I said that girl's too young for you. Also, how are you a toddler in kung fu training with fucking Master Wong? It's like Jedi training. You got to start young. <laughs> uh, so my my dumb notes are um, the street that they work on is called Dog Street, and uh, <laughs> Sion's clothes have it written on them. Mm-hmm. And the reason I find this interesting is because um, the character Pence in Kingdom Hearts wears a Dog Street uh, tank top. I so that's noticed. a reference to this game, if you didn't know. Um, and uh, another stray thought is no one in this game says, I'm going to need to see some ID. <laughs> in a game called The Bouncer, no one actually does any bouncing. No. The game should have started on a, one of them throwing somebody out of the bar. Now, the bar is so empty. In fact, there isn't even a bartender from what you, I you can tell. You do beat people up in the bar. That's it for the first like level. That is true, but but they are bar patrons. They are They're not like bar ninjas. They come into the bar and they come in from the window, so you had no opportunity to bounce them at the door either. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, there is there is no what is legally defined as bouncing happening in this game. I do want to shout out, though, to go back to your previous story of thought, that mm. if anybody knows where I can buy that Dog Street jacket, uh, I want it. Uh, it's not just a street. It doesn't just say oh, Dog Sion's, Street on yeah. it. It has, a, like, a big Sheltie on the back. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. And I want one. I also wouldn't mind Volt's Cactuar No Escape jacket either. Mm-hmm. I bet you can find that patch. That's true. Yeah, I would have to get two <laughs> normal sized ones and one huge one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the only other thing I had, I, which I should have put at the beginning, but um, is just like I feel like this game has like group project vibes <laughs> to me. Like it feels like the kind of thing where they just like they took a group of people who weren't working on anything and they were like, uh, "You have this much money, you have this team, uh, go." And they were like, "Well, okay." Uh, we could do like ah uh, for genre. How about beat 'em up? Because those can be short, right? Uh, and uh, uh, we have access to Nomura, so he can do character design. And uh, you know, like we need to figure out how to like uh, the camera in the PlayStation Two. We don't know how it works that well yet. We can use the fixed camera angles with this genre, and like it just it feels like all of the decisions are made like in that way, like mm-hmm. just like a scramble for like like what can we do. Yeah, it, it is, it is like, first of all, Nomura wasn't like hot shit for another like couple of years, right? He wasn't a director. I mean, he was kind of hot shit ever since. He's the first credit in this game. Yeah. Um, it's because he did the character designs for Final Fantasy VII and that's what people know him for. True. Yeah. 
So I guess they just could have gotten him involved. Like, him getting involved is more of a get, probably, for this team than I maybe gave it credit for. I was just like, why not? Yeah, like, Kingdom Hearts was his directorial debut. Mm -hmm. And he has been hot shit ever since then. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So, yeah, that's definitely interesting. I agree, though. I think it it feels like the development was very focused, but focused on a weird set of priorities yeah like it came out really weird and like hearing it like on paper you would think like oh that had to have been like someone on the team always wanted to make a beat-em-up or something but it feels like it's lacking that yeah it almost feels like they drew it out of a hat (laughs) (laughs) no yeah like the thing at the top of their priorities list seemed to be make it look real good yeah like can we make this look really good on a playstation what can we do with the ps2 Mm -hmm. that was they came up with that rhyme and they (laughs) they wrote it on the whiteboard for motivation yep they all touched it on the way out of the office each day they slapped it Mm -hmm. and it it slowly wore out Mm -hmm. so it said what can yup that yeah that's it's it is it's just such a strange product, and I feel like we're now both doing our final thoughts mm-hmm. in this thought. So maybe we should proceed to our fighting thoughts. <laughs> My fighting thoughts are um uh so this was suggested for Fanbruary. Shout out Fanbruary. Uh, going out with a bang. <laughs> um, going out with a bounce. Yeah, going out just like that. The the Raiden character got blasted by those uh, fucking spaceship uh, exhausts. Um, <laughs> the most glorious scene in the game, uh, other than the Independence Day one. Uh-huh. But um. So, yeah, this came up in the suggestions, and I was like, oh, hell yeah, that. Like, that's, like, this weird Square Enix beat-em-up that I know about. Like, let's do that one. And I, it didn't disappoint. Uh, my my overactive imagination made me think it might be weirder, but um, definitely still plenty weird and enjoyable. Um, yeah, the story uh, has... All of that, like, Square Enix weirdness, but in a small enough dose that I think it actually kind of, like, it benefits this. Like, it has, like, that B-movie feel, and it makes, like, a nice, um, like, a nice cocktail uh, for, like, how long this game is. Um, it makes it very entertaining. Um, and, like, the combat mechanics and things are sloppy. Um, yeah, as, like, we said, it feels very much... This was, like, their first PS2 game, and you very much... It's, like, right on the sleeve that you can tell that they're working out how to make a game on the PS2. Um, So, yeah, you do have to deal with that jank, but, like, it's mostly serviceable. Um, It doesn't feel too bad to play. Um, It it even gets some of the humor from the gameplay mechanics, just, like, knocking everybody down. Yes. um, And kicking robots and stuff. But, um, so, yeah, this was, like, an enjoyable romp um, that I know I would have loved as a kid. Like I said, it would have been a perfect sleepover game. Like, I can I can just imagine how that would have been. Um, so, yeah, it was, like, a fun, weird old game to, to spotlight. It sure is. Uh, I, I just, during that, during your final thoughts, I did quickly pull up 
the recommendation for the bouncer. Um, one, thank you, Jack. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't say it before. Uh, is the one who suggested it over in the Discord. His description of it was very short, linear beat em up with three protagonists and Square's first PlayStation 2 game. Mm-hmm. You did not prepare us in <laughs> any way for what this game was going to be like. Um, even though you said exactly what you do and everything that was notable about it, you somehow managed to leave out the fucking wild ride that it took me on. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed playing this game. Uh, whether I think it's a good game is like totally up in the air. I have no idea. Um, but it's it is the strangest thing to sit down and do because you'll play the game for about I did time this the average not like I did time and then put it in a excel sheet and mm-hmm. actually get an average but on average the levels are like about two and a half minutes long some of which are a lot shorter and others are much longer uh and the game takes about an hour and a half to play and has I don't know like 15 to 17 levels that you're actually playing in so it skews very heavily towards presenting you with cutscenes and uh putting you into the fights basically as a way to transition between them uh it is like the reverse porn where the fight scenes are there so that you can get more of the plot uh which is what you're there for and I really enjoyed the plot and thought that the mechanics were so light that it wasn't, it, I never felt like overwhelmed and it never became too difficult. And I don't know, it just, it was never unenjoyable. Uh, and it really is worth it just to sort of see what the hell was going on with this game. So, uh, yeah, a 9.5 out of 10. Best game of the year. Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking about Dragon's Lair, uh, which is the Don Bluth weird... It was in arcades, even though it felt like it had no business being yeah. there. I've, I've wanted to check these out uh, for a long time. He made this in a game called Space Ace, which is basically the same thing but in space. Mm-hmm. Um, where they have like the, and if you don't know, Don Bluth made like Land Before Time and All Dogs Go to Heaven. and uh, Five Will Goes West? Yeah, those like <laughs> 80s, 90s movies. Um, and he he made these games for arcades. Like they're, they're like, you know, his hand-drawn animation. They look beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're like, like interactive movies basically. Like you're on a screen and you have to like split second like choose a direction to go in and it's kind of like a gotcha game like you have to keep playing it over and over because uh, it's an arcade game and it wants your money of course uh, and to try to make it through the game to just see the end so mostly just interested in it because it's so unique and looks cool it does look very cool uh, but until that time you can get a hold of us all of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com or on splattershot.pro. There you can find links to our email address, our Twitter account, the Discord, where you can post games like these uh, that we did on <laughs> for February um, in our suggestions channel or talk about the games over in uh, the game discussion channel. 
<laughs> very literally named channels in mm-hmm. our Discord. Uh, that conciseness is what you come to us for. Uh, and you can go to our YouTube, which has all of our old episodes. Uh, like Andy, uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy X. There you go. Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts three. The story explanation for <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. Bounce that like button. Also, the world ends with you. <laughs> It's another Square... We only talk about the Square Enix games that Nomura worked on. It is weird. We're just, like, strangely attracted to his weird-ass style. I don't know why that is. Because uh, we both played games that he made when we were young. That's true. <laughs> Ring that bell. I did use my ball partner. <laughs> you loved the penis enlarger. <laughs> now, in 2022, order the ball, the ball partner. partner with just three easy installments of 99.99. <laughs>